commandos. The Bucks got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. These Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys and girls. Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nook is spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game winner, got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the. Uh. Hello? Bueller. 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 It's Sandos in the. Don't do it. If you value our partnership, don't do it. We've been putting it in together five years. Don't do it. Mike. Don't, don't do it. Mike. Dude, who's there? Why'd you do it? Mike. Why? Why? To humiliate me? Boring. For what? No. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. 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 Hell no. 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 I refuse. No. No. On the Buccaneers Sports Network. All right, it's Sandos and um, uh, no sidekick. And um, we'll see how this will go. Sandos, no sidekick. Uh, We have posted the job. We may or may not have somebody come in at some point in time. I assume we will. Uh, We're efforting trying to get a hire and trying to bring in the next um, either sidekick or other or whatever. We will continue a podcast. We will, uh, you know, maybe the name will change, but um, maybe do some different segments. But we'll be doing a podcast this week uh, with Thursday being the game. I'm going to jam-pack two shows into one. Uh, While I'm by myself, I'll at least try to get you two shows um, starting next week. We'll just do one show this week. Uh, where we're going to talk about a lot of things. We're going to break down ETSU football as in-depth as uh, I can do. We'll let, take a look at four downs. Maybe we'll have a Gallagher sighting, maybe not. Uh, bold predictions, where for sure I won't have him on because then I can tell you how great I am and how terrible he was yet again by losing yet again at bold predictions where he was terrible and I was great. Now, I will do season-long quick bold predictions. I will do the game, first game of the year. Uh, bold prediction. So we'll do that and more. So Sandos, no sidekick, off and running. It uh, hopefully won't be a super long show, but we do have a lot to cover uh, for the simple reason I'm trying to get two shows into one. So we'll do as much um, as we can uh, to get you going for ETSU football this Thursday in the opening game uh, versus Mars Hill. So a lot of things we need to talk about there as well. Breakdown. Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, one, one. Sandos and the sidekick. We have ignition. Strap it on. Here we go. In your face, all over the place. I didn't get old still. Love. It's one of my favorite bumpers that we do here on Sandos No Sidekick. Well, let's start with uh, the obvious. Tyler Rodell was named the starting quarterback. Still a couple of quarterbacks maybe uh, to keep an eye on. Brock Landis, who's seen some action. Of course, the transfer, Baron May, uh, has transferred in as well from Eastern Michigan. Running backs, you lose Quay Holmes. You got Jacob Sailors. 
But what will be the secondary running back? Who will get the, the second most carries? Will it be Bryson Irby? Will it be Trey Foster? Be interesting to see how Coach Nugabauer works in uh, the running backs. Then receiver, really the only loss I would say is Julian Lane Price. He had that back injury, um, you know, the spine injury. And I think it just got to a point where, you know, kind of smarter to maybe step away from the game of football. They'll certainly miss uh, the speedster Julian Lane Price. But you get Isaiah Wilson back to go alongside Will Huzzy. And then how about this? Cam Lewis, right? Do you remember the quarterback uh, slash receiver for ETSU a few years ago for head coach Randy Sanders at the time? He decided to go away, try to play uh, quarterback, went to Winston-Salem State, had one year of eligibility left, loved his time at ETSU so much that the 6'3", 220-pounder has come back for one more year uh, of football to play wide receiver. And then um, I think Adriel Clark was a kid that had showed some great promise, good height, good speed from Georgia, North Georgia High School. And so um, he'll be worked into the mix. And then here's a new position called the W position. And for those of you who don't speak that, let's just call it a slot. ETSU really hasn't had a slot, true slot receiver since I think Vinny Lowe was here. So Anaj Carter will be one of those to transfer from Savannah State. I liken him to Malik Murray. You look at the numbers and they just don't overwhelm you, although he led the team in receptions at Savannah State, like Malik Murray did at Georgia Southern. But both those schools run the football. They really don't want to throw the football. So 18 to 22 catches is a big deal for those schools. So we'll see how Nash Cotter does. And then Giovanni Dwyer is another kid, uh, or Dyer, I should say, is another kid that could get some action at that slot position. Keep an eye on Tommy Winton, uh the third junior, whatever he is, uh, from Knox Catholic. But Tommy Witten, good size, 5'10", 205. That's unusual, I think, for a slot receiver. Anash Carter's 5'8", 166. Dyer's 5'9", 153. So you have a bigger body at the slot receiver. A kid can really run in Tommy Witten. And then the offensive line, four guys back from last year. Blake Austin will move to left tackle from left guard. Joe Schwaber still the center. The right guard will be Tavon Matthews again. And then Fred Norman, who may not start Thursday just for the reason he's nursing an injury. But Fred will play this season at right tackle. Now, that means there's going to be a new left guard. Chris Everhart transferred in uh, from Marshall. He's a Greenville, um, Tennessee product, a Greenville Green Devil. Him and Sean Hastings have been battling for that, and we'll see who gets the starting nod. But I do know they're probably going to try to play Hastings and Everhart, probably going to try to play Stephen Flores a little bit. Cason uh, uh, Setsacorn is another kid that has been able to get in the game at right guard some. And then Braxton Ship. I expect him to maybe start if Fred Norman can't go on Thursday. So the offense, a lot of known things. Let's go defensively. Well, the front three, two of the three back, Max Evans and Timmy Dorsey. Then that's going to be who's going to play that bare defensive tackle. Actually, not Max Evans plays a D-tackle position. It's really nose guard, D-tackle, defensive end in the 3-4. The true defensive end, we saw him in the recon package a lot, Davion Hood. He'll be backed up by uh, Devin Brantley. Another nose guard to keep an eye on, Mustafa Algarwi, has, has come in. And so he's 6-3-3-0-8 as a redshirt freshman. He should see some time. And then Rodney Wright, who's played on both sides of the, of the defensive line, the end in the tackle spot, he'll back up Max Evans. The outside linebackers, all four are back. Jalen Porter, Zach West on one side, DeAndre Davis, Jay Harrison, the transfer from Buffalo on the other side. It's in the middle, that's the question mark, right? You lose Jared Folks, the eighth-year man. You lose Donovan Manuel to FBS. So you know Steven Scott. Of course, he started against Vanderbilt. I think most Buck fans that followed ETSU, uh, if nothing else, just from last year on. But Steven Scott will be – 
one starting inside linebacker. Chandler Martin's a guy that's got a lot of pub from head coach Billy Taylor, kind of likened him to a young Donovan Manuel. So Chandler Martin, six foot, 222, redshirt freshman. As a redshirt freshman, he's going to get the start inside linebacker. And then Cameron Garnett, former running back slash linebacker. And then Eric Campbell, who was an outside linebacker, uh, they're going to play a little bit on the inside, a little bit undersized maybe at 207. But Eric Campbell, as we've seen on special teams, really likes to get downhill and hit people. So to play that position for Billy Taylor, you just got to really like contact. Then uh, two of the three, two of the four, I should say, secondary guys back. One corner, Elijah Huzzy, Mike Price being the other guy back. A guy we saw a lot last year is a slot receiver coming off a knee injury who I really thought was a big I thought would be a big loss for ETSU. And credit to Steve Brown, who's the secondary coach last year who just retired. He did a great job of getting sort of the next man up. Zion Alexander got got a shot and some other guys. But Quinn Smith will be back coming off that knee injury on one side, uh, uh opposite of Elijah Huzzy, and then Sheldon Arnold the second. We saw him have the interception uh, against Vanderbilt. He will start and try to replace, if you can, Tyree Robinson. Tyler Keltner, again, will be uh, the kickoff specialist, your place kicker. And right now, really a two-horse race for punter. Nate Brackett and Trace Kelly, both guys uh, really battling. And as of now, uh, Tuesday morning when I'm recording this, not sure which one will get the start. I would probably, if you had to caution one, maybe Nate Brackett just because he punted last year. And for the first time in a long time, there's no Mullins as a long snapper. It'll be Ryan Phillips, the 6'1", 182 freshman, out to special team. So uh, that's a look at ETSU, a, a breakdown. I think, you know, the main thing, Offense has questions for the simple reason. Coach Nugabauer, what is he going to really run? How's Tyler Rodell grasp that? How's the rest of the offensive line grasp that? Receiver's going to be more of an integral part. A little bit of depth, I think, this year with wide receiver that we haven't seen in quite some time. And we know there's three solid running backs uh, with Jacob Sayers, Bryce Nerby, Trey Foster. And then we didn't even talk about the tight end position. You lose Nate Atkins, that's huge. Noel West has been able to step up. Jalen uh, Frierson is a kid that's uh, just trying to get on the field. And so he's a redshirt sophomore, six foot two forty eight, West at 241, six foot three. So, you know, a lot of positions to look at offensively. And they'll try to change speeds. And, yes, they will run a fullback out there. So for guys like me that like to see Juwan Martin out there, he will be uh, in the mix as well. Defensively, you look at the outside pieces, Porter, West, Davis, uh, and Harrison on the outside linebacker. Then you throw in Max Evans, Timmy Dorsey, and Davion Hood who played in recon. Feel pretty good about some of that experience. Steven Scott, again, played five, six games, got a start against Vanderbilt, but missed the last half of the season. So not as many snaps as they would have liked last year. And then Chandler Martin, his first career start. So we'll see how that goes. And then Sheldon Arnold and Quinn Smith. Quinn was the nickelback, starting nickelback. So he saw a lot of time. I feel like he's all right. We'll see how Sheldon Arden, Arnold plays. I think the tough part is for Arnold, you know, he doesn't have to be Tyree Robinson, right? He just needs to be Sheldon Arnold. And I think uh, Tyree had a knack for doing some things that were incredible. I know he'll be missed by our sideline reporter, Robert Harper, won't be able to chest bump him on the sideline. But still, pretty excited about the roster. Again, what's crazy is the amount of just in the starting lineup projected right now, my projections for the starting lineup, redshirt, Sophomore, a senior, redshirt, sophomore, junior, junior, redshirt, junior, redshirt, sophomore, redshirt, senior, senior, junior, redshirt, freshman. And then again, you know, depending on which lineman it is, it could be a redshirt freshman or redshirt sophomore. So 
a couple of seniors. Joe Schreiber would be out of eligibility at the end of this year. Jacob Saylor's about eligibility. And Sean Hastings would be out of eligibility. Everyone else would be back on the offense again. On the defensive side of things, you'd lose Timmy Dorsey uh, after this year. And that'll do it. <laughs> so, if it's, I mean, if ETSU can stay um, healthy, you know, um, for the most part, you're going to return a lot of guys. I mean, this was a young team last year. This is a young team this year. ETSU could be built for some great success moving forward. So that is our breakdown uh, for uh, the first kind of segment here of ETSU. Now let's go to one of our favorites, Four Downs. Four. One, two, three, 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 four. Four down. Four. Now. Four. Four. Four down. Four downs. Here we go. It's Southern Conference style. First down. Great question, Mike. My first tier for first down, and we are going to go into three tiers here. And I think the first one, obviously, ETSU, Chattanooga, and Mercer. And you look at the Chattanooga mocks, they brought in 17 FBS transfers, including a quarterback also from Eastern Michigan like ETSU and Preston Hutchinson. Nine career starts in 22 games. He's in a battle with the incumbent Cole Copeland, who returns for his fifth year. He started nine games, but just six touchdowns against nine interceptions uh, for Copeland, obviously not good numbers there, but he didn't have to do much. He had a great dual running back, a limb forward uh, returns, and then you add in Geno Appleberry, who got some carries last year. Offensive line, two starters back, Curtis McClendon, who's a preseason All-American, Cole Truitt, or Colin Truitt, I should say. But they're going to be hard-pressed to replace Cole Strange, the first-round draft pick to the New England Patriots. Anytime you lose a first-round draft pick guy, and whether he was picked earlier or not, still first-round guy certainly has to be a little bit of a drop-off there. The run game, no shock, is the strength for the box, but on defense, their front line is as good as anybody in the country. Devon Maxwell, single-handedly, if you remember, almost shut down ETSU by himself. He'll be uh, flanked by Ben Bruton and Jay Pearson, and they round out uh, probably the best defensive line in the league. Then the linebackers, Ty, uh, Ty Bowick, uh, leads that as he'll contend again because they won't give up many points this year. So that's really the thing for Chattanooga. They will contend because they're not going to give up many points. They're going to run the football. They're going to kind of churn out those tough yards. And then we're going to take a look at the toughest part of their schedule. Really, you could argue they go to Illinois the week before they go to ETSU. So back-to-back weeks, tough. But I was trying to find the toughest stretch in league play. I think it's when they will host Mercer at home and then follow that up with a tilt at Furman. But their schedule a little more balanced than some teams. You look at the Mercer Bears, you know, a field goal away from, you know, forcing overtime, and who knows what happens in Johnson City. So they'll have that game circled. And they opened up uh, last weekend with a huge win over Moorhead State, 63-13. No Fred Davis, right? Well, no problem because sophomore Fred Payton threw for four touchdown passes uh, and a pair to a talented wide receiver that we saw last year in Ty James. Al Wooten appears to have taken over as the lead running back. He had 13 carries, uh, but really the the show was stolen by Austin Douglas, a backup tailback. He had two long touchdown runs of 65 and 56 yards respectively. 
He had five carries for 140 yards on the day. Uh, Coach Drew Chronic once again, will have plenty of options in the run game. The defense returns two all-conference guys at the defensive line, Solomon Zabaro and Chris Hill, plus a very talented linebacking core, Isaac Dowling, and the safety, Lance Wise. And Lance Wise may be one of the best uh, in the Southern Conference period. Uh, kind of manning that defensive secondary. For the fourth straight year, Mercer's taking a kickback for a score, and they've already did it in week zero. That was Dev- Devron Harper. It seems like, for whatever reason, Mercer's been able to get a talented special teams play, and they got it again already. Their toughest stretch, back-to-back road games – or, I'm sorry, uh, their toughest stretch is three-game stretch, and it ends with back-to-back road games. They will host ETSU, then they're at Chattanooga, and at VMI. So that's my tier one. Second down. Well, that's the great debate, Mike. Who is tier two? And I, I think there's three teams and, and no particular order, Furman, Sanford, and Western. I'm going to start with Furman first. And just like, you know, Chattanooga, they have an incumbent starting quarterback in Jace Wilson, but can he hold on to his job? Because Presbyterian grad transfer Tyler Huff, could he win the job? Now, Huff was made famous by that 10-touchdown performance where he played that one season for Kevin Kelly, you know, the coach that never punts, onside kicks, all that, and won two non-Division um, One games and then literally got lambasted and ran out of dodge. Um, I guess the system not fit for Division One football, but did Huff really perform well or was it just a numbers game because of the style they played? I guess Furman will find out. But Furman does have a really good offensive line. Then you throw in a tight end All-American Ryan Miller. Running back by committee, uh, Dominic Roberto, Devin Abrams, Kendall Thomas, all plenty of carries. Uh, but it will be a first-year offense coordinator, Dustin Roper. We'll see what he does as he takes over for George Corals. Defensively, Travis Blackshear will roam the secondary. Defensive line anchor by Matt Chikova, Cameron Coleman. Uh, then you throw in a good linebacker and Brandon Gilby. Special teams has been a cornerstone for Coach Hendricks. Uh, Clay Hendricks, you look at Timmy Bleakroad. And he's going to keep the tradition alive again, kicking, punting, doing everything, selling popcorn. Toughest stretch for the Paladins, in my opinion. Obviously, you could say Clemson, then ETSU, back-to-back. And ETSU actually gets a couple teams the week after they play FBS teams. So that's, I think, good news for ETSU. But I think when it comes to league play, their last three games of the year, it's Chattanooga at home, at Mercer, and then it's the rival game against Wofford. And, yes, I know Wofford's down, and we're going to – you know, talk about Wofford a little bit later on because they're clearly not in the top two tiers. But Furman and Wofford, they get together, right, strange things happen. Now, Western Carolina, and I'm just sticking with the purple theme here, Kerwin Bell's tapped into his Florida roots, to say the least. He also brought in an astronomical class of newcomers. 63 new players on the – I don't even know you could do that. 63 new players, 47 freshmen, 16 transfers. They tout now over 40 players from the Sunshine State. They return eight starters on offense, including Calvin Jones and Raphael Williams at wide receiver. They return four of their starting offensive linemen. They're starting tight end. They do lose Rogan Wells and the versatile Kenny Benjamin. But Carlos Davis should get the start at quarterback. If you remember, he started two games last year. The defense returns seven, led by K.J. Miller, Michael Nelson, and Marlon Alexander. Now, that's on the defensive line. Where they could be in trouble is the back end. Talented two – or the middle, I should say, no linebackers and cornerbacks will all be new, but they do have two safeties in Jacob Harris and then a freshman sensation, Andreas Keaton. Toughest schedule, I think the last two games at ETSU, then they host Chattanooga. You could also maybe give an honorable mention middle of the season at Mercer and then host Furman. Sanford, Chris Hatcher's made a serious run at getting his defense better. First, he tried to hire away Billy Taylor from ETSU. That was unsuccessful. 
But as you know, the Bucks held um, – as you know, the Bucks held on to the best defense coordinator in the league and maybe the best one in the nation, or FCS at least, nation. Biggest question is going to be their plug-and-play quarterback. Liam Welch gone. They've got 19 guys listed at quarterback. I uh, exaggerate a little bit. I think it's really only 9 or 10, which is still large. But uh, Nick Salzo and Michael uh, Harris will be battling for the starting quarterback position, at least according to the two pregame reports I've read. Jay Stanton again at running back. Chandler Smith, one of the better wide receivers in the league. But they do lose the departure of Montrell Washington, the most versatile player in the league, rushing, receiving, returning punts. He was just an animal. So they will miss him and everything that he brought to the table. Defensively, the Bulldogs can get Billy Taylor. So guess what? They got 10 FBS transfers to shore up the defense. It struggles to make stops when they need them. Uh, and depth. They needed depth as well, so they probably addressed that as well. Uh, they do return two inside linebackers, Nathan East and Noah Martin. Their toughest stretch this season. Two games at Chatt- or two games. It's at Chattanooga. They host Mercer to round out their conference play. So it's at Chat and Mercer last two games of the year. Third down. Third down, the two military academies and the poor, poor, poor Wofford Terriers. VMI, the key debts, and this is the hard one for me. And I'm glad you brought this up, Mike. But uh, several key transfers left at O-line and wide receiver. Three linemen decide to grad transfer. VMI doesn't have a graduate program. Michael Jack and Jacob Harris all gone. Uh, and most of those guys went to Richmond to be reunited with Rich Udinsky. And their offense coordinator at VMI left to go uh, to Richmond to play or to coach for Coach Huseman, who used to be the Chattanooga head coach as everything comes full circle. They do return at quarterback Seth Morgan and Corey Britty help the offense plus Leroy Thomas and uh, see if he can step up and become that new number one receiver the defense Stone Snyder preseason All-American by numerous publications toughest stretch of their schedule is a four-game gauntlet they host ETSU before going to Chattanooga and then two more home games against Furman and Mercer if the key debt survive be a player for a SoCon championship but those are four straight games ETSU home at Chat and then home Furman Mercer they do get three of the four at home but that's certainly a make-or-break part of the schedule for VMI as the Southern Conference didn't do them any favors. For the Citadel, make-or-break year for head coach Brent Thompson, I believe. He will have to replace Johnson City native Jalen Adams at quarterback, in which they went to the transfer portal and picked up Wofford Terriers' Peyton Derrick to run that three-back option attack. Derrick originally a three-back option quarterback. They tried to make into a thrower down there at Wofford. And Josh Conkin, we'll talk about him in a minute. But the Bulldogs lost. Uh, their home run hitter in Raleigh Webb, and they'll need to find another big play receiver. Defensively, Destin Max is huge as they come. He's as big as a Mack truck. And still Judy returns to the defense that hopefully can help out the offense. Or more importantly, maybe they don't get on the field and the offense uh, can just grind it out and keep the defense at bay uh, by not putting them out on the field. Their toughest stretch of the season, first two Southern Conference games, host ETSU, and then they go to Macon. Again, if they can open up 2-0 with two big wins there, then maybe they can make some noise. If not, could be a long year for Brent Thompson. For the Wofford, lowly Wofford Terriers, and this is the biggest year for head coach Josh Conklin. I can't imagine he would survive another 1-10 season like he did last year. First time since the 90s they did not win a conference game. He added to his coaching staff a new offensive coordinator, actually two of them, and co-offense coordinators Tyler Carlton and Sean Watson. Jimmy Wyrick, Irv Mulligan return again as they try uh, to lean on heavy for the Terriers to right the proverbial ship, while Michael Mason and Tayar Anor will lead the defense. The toughest stretch, honestly, non-conference tilt. They're going to play Kennesaw State before – actually, they travel to Kennesaw State – 
Then they'll host Mercer and then go to Sanford again early in the season. How will the Terriers respond to that? So that is our tier one, two, and three. Fourth down. All right, as for predictions, uh, Mike, what are you going with? Brilliant. Take ETSU. I don't blame you. So uh, I, I think it will be a three-team race. I think three teams possibly uh, could get in the playoffs, but I think ETSU, Chattanooga, Mercer will be the top three teams. All three will be battling for an opportunity to get to the playoffs. I think it's a tighter race, four, five, six, seven. Furman, Western, if VMI were able to pick up a few teams off, Sanford's always seems to be fifth no matter what happens in the league. I think Western could be the team that I don't know where to put. Could they be fourth? Could they be seventh? It's hard to say, but they did go get a lot of speed for Kerwin Bell. Quarterback play for Furman, um, probably one of the biggest concerns there. VMI had to replace a lot. Um, and then you look at Sanford, can they stop anybody? I mean, it's really that. And then Citadel Wofford, can they return to glory where they were the top of the league when ETSU came back in the Southern Conference? Or will they not uh, really be relevant as they've not been for the past couple years and could be looking for new head coaches? So that is a look at our four downs. And Mars Hill, before we get into bold predictions there, it's one of my favorite bump music we got going on. First of all, I just noticed this in the uh, Mars Hill 2 dip, uh, Keith Coffey sighting. So I don't know if you remember ETSU wide receiver Keith Coffey, but he's listed as a graduate backup wide receiver, 6'3", 190. But Mars Hill last season, 8-3, and 6-2 in conference play, had a six-game win streak. It was uh, impressive. They won six of their last seven. So if they would have won last, uh, would have got in the playoffs and was in the conversation. But it was the first winning season since 2015. Uh, and it was the most wins since 2011 when the Lions won the SAC championship and made an NCAA postseason appearance. Uh, the Lions, one of the top defensive units in 2021, allowed just 292 yards, gave up just 211 points. Two very talented linebackers, Dexter Fitzpatrick, Landon Honeycutt, are both back all preseason, all sack picks on the defense. On the offense, Lions had the best third, had the third best, I should say, passing offense in the sack 2021. They passed for 252 yards in the air. They're ranked fourth in the preseason polls in the South Atlantic Conference. They averaged 32 points per contest while just giving up 19.2. Again, we mentioned the 252 passing in 2021. They rushed for 156 yards of bounce, 250 passing, 156 rushing. That's over 400 yards of total offense a game. They threw 26 touchdown passes and rushed for 19 scores. But here was what was impressive for Mars Hill. 12 turnovers in 2021, six interceptions, six fumbles. But they forced 21 takeaways, 13 interceptions, eight fumbles, plus nine in the turnover margin. That'll certainly win you a lot of football games. They held opponents to just 70 rushing yards and seven rushing touchdowns on the season. They held opponents to less than 300 yards of total offense uh, for the year, 291.9. We'll call it 292. They registered 39 sacks, 
for a total of negative 284. Martell held its opponents to 39 first quarter points. The Lions do return their top two rushers in Jariah Morrison, 623 yards. Lafayette Gervin, 374 yards. They also return their starting quarterback, Jimmy Yurzuza. And Yurzuza threw for 200 and, or 2,600 yards, 24 touchdowns. He completed almost 50% of his passes. Lions' top receiver is tight end Ty Snelson, 32 receptions, 545 yards, a team high nine receiving touchdowns. He had 10 touchdowns altogether, but they will have to replace three uh, or at least two talented receivers, C.J. Thompson, who had uh, 768 yards and seven touchdowns, and Marquise Williams, 39 catches, 641, and five touchdowns. On defense, Tristan Rankin returns after registering eight interceptions to lead the nation at the Division II level, taking two to the house in 2021. To go with his eight INTs, 40 tackles, and three tackles for a loss. We talked about Fitzpatrick and Honeycutt on – I hit my microphone there uh, – on the linebacking side and what they could do as preseason all-conference picks. Whether well, the top two tacklers, they combined for 180 tackles, 21.5 tackles for a loss, 14.5 sacks between the two guys. Honeycutt led the team with 105 tackles, 9.5 tackles for a loss, 5.5 sacks. Fitzpatrick, 75, 12, and 9. And here's what's impressive. Tim Clifton entering his 30th year – as the head coach. And a matter of fact, his defense coordinator has been there for 32, 33 years, something like that. But here's what I like about Tim Clifton in his 30 years. If you're going to play ETSU, he says, I'm going to play you September 1st, 2018, the first game in the Randy Sayers era, and I'm going to wait to 2022, also on September 1st, to be the first game in the George Corals era, where both times it's a brand-new offense, try to catch ETSU off guard. You look back to 2018 with me real quick in the Wayback Machine. It was the first start for Logan Marshy. He would throw three touchdown passes. Marshy would score early in that contest, lead 7-0. It would only be 30 seconds to go in the first half before the Bucks would get on the board, tie it at seven apiece, and then ETSU the last three possessions of the game, just uh, the Division One athlete's size and strength, one out. ETSU scored three straight possessions. The only Buccaneer player – and I just say this player that's going to play because Logan Marshy's still on staff, but Jacob Sailors in that contest, uh, nine carry, 60 yards. So Sailors is the only guy that's played against Mars Hill in 2018. He'll be the only guy uh, uh, to play against him this year. So 2018, uh, ETSU 28-7 victory against Mars Hill, and ETSU will see what they can do. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about that in bold predictions. Shohei Otani has taken MLB by storm this season. He's the first player in MLB history to be selected to the All-Star Game as both a pitcher and a position player. The Brooklyn Nets are whole. They are done. If they were committed, if they put in that work, you'd be in the Eastern Conference right now. The Brooklyn Nets are whole watching a playoff with the rest of us. JaVale McGee has been added to the Team USA roster. Yes, I'll say that again. JaVale McGee. Damari Monsanto announced he would not be returning to the Buccaneers. A six foot six, 225 pound, three star shooting guard was this year's Southern Conference Freshman of the Year. But Jay is my teammate. He stepped up with the 17 green. Shut up, Robert. The 18th tee, 45 yards away. Jay proceeds to hit from the 18th tee to the 17th green and into the 17th bucket.
Bold prediction recap. Uh, Mike forgot to take the book. He said he was going to take the book, so I couldn't brag about beating them by over 10 points last year. So I'm the overall champion. 2-0-1. I'm better than Mike. No sidekick. Can't argue it. Facts are facts. His book right here, this book that I'm closing, is me closing the book of my domination on Mike Gallagher. Let's go with, uh, and I love that he can't, uh, you know, he did join me for four downs, or at least I'm in denial and thought he joined me for four downs. Doesn't matter. Let's go over my predictions for the season. Bold prediction, ETSU will not share the crown. ETSU outright champions, first time ever, school history outright, Southern Conference champions last year. It'll be the first time ever, back-to-back, outright conference championships, calling it now. I will boldly predict 1,000-yard receiver. Have not had one since ETSU has had football back, so ETSU will have a 1,000-yard receiver. I think Chandler Martin will lead ETSU in tackles, so the redshirt freshman in his first career start against Mars Hill, I believe, will lead the team in tackles. Now, as far as the game goes, I've got uh, three. I think Tyler Keltner is going to kick a 50-plus yard field goal. I'm going 50-plus Tyler Keltner. I'm going ETSU throws for over 350 yards in the contest against Mars Hill, and the defense will force two turnovers. So, Keltner plus 50, Bucks 350 in the air. They force two turnovers. That is my bold predictions for game one. ETSU repeats back-to-back outright champions, no sharing. 1,000-yard receiver Chandler Martin leads the Bucks in tackles. Those are my bold predictions. We'll see how I did, at least on the game predictions, next week. I don't know if it'll be Monday or Tuesday, but I'll get a show out Monday or Tuesday. I'll also get a show out on Thursday as we preview ETSU in the Citadel. So a lot to talk about next week. We'll break down in full the game against Mars Hill. We'll take a look around the Southern Conference, and we'll look at bold prediction recaps. So another edition of Sandos, no sidekick. Buccaneers Network. Network.